Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, as usual, we're broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you are tired of the big bank experience, you know what I mean if you're at one of those big mega banks. Uh, if you're tired of, uh, I guess, feeling, feeling like a number, but you still want to be at a bank that's big enough to handle all your needs and you want to be at a bank that's safe and sound and secure, uh, I think Renaissance Bank is a great choice that ticks off all those boxes. At least that's what I have found from my own experience. Yes, my own experience in dealing with Renaissance on behalf of my clients. So um, go to renaissancebank.com to learn more, find one of their local offices, and uh, give them a call. I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome uh, two accomplished medical professionals, Dr. Mark McLaughlin, Dr. Kenneth Brooks, they are both with the Wellstar North Fulton Cancer Center. Dr. McLaughlin, Dr. Brooks, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks uh, for coming in. So, um, Mark, I'm going to start with you uh, okay. because you were in here, um, I guess, last August Correct. here to talk a little bit about what was coming, but what was coming is now here the, the Wellstar North Fulton Cancer Center that you've uh, cut the ribbon on. So talk a little bit about that, getting to that point. Yes, it's been exciting. We started uh, treating patients in late March, and it's been really exciting. We've had um, tremendous amounts of patients that come through the center. In fact, um, we're almost at full capacity right now. Really? Yes. After cutting, let's see, how, how long have you been open now? Uh, late March. Wow. Late okay. March. So, so less than a month. Less than a month ago. Yeah. Wow. It's so, crazy. and you're already almost full. It's, yes, sir. It's That's amazing. Good. Wow. <laughs> so it was definitely needed in the area. Yeah, yes. for sure. We're cut out, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, that's terrific. So, um, let, let's, um, this center offers some technology that's unique to this area. So let's, let's talk about that. And, and again, if you listen to the previous episode, great. If you didn't, that's fine, but we're going to cover it right now. It's called cyber knife technology. Correct. So let's, let's give people an overview of what that means, what that's all about. Well, the beauty of this technology is it does two things. It, it does real time image guidance. So in most radiation facilities, we have to take an account for motion, where the cyber knife actually will basically image the patient in real time, and as he or she moves, the tumor moves. The actual beam parameters will adjust in real time. What that does allows to minimize radiation doses to normal structures and maximize the radiation dose to our target or our tumor volume. Mm-hmm. It does that. And the second thing is by using multiple different parameters and uh, metrics of how we deliver the radiation dose. We can get very conformal radiation fields that can really mimic the actual tumor size or target size and shape while minimizing the radiation in normal tissues. By that, by doing that, we can give much higher doses than what's standard and many times given less treatment so they don't have to come back as many times as they normally would. Mm-hmm. And we can minimize the radiation dose to normal structures, thus li- limiting, the, li- 
complications associated with the actual radiation delivery. Okay, so um, let me put this in my own words and see if I got this, okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, what you're what it sounds like you're saying is you get um, um, the the treatment protocol is aimed more at where it's needed without the side effects to other tissue that does not need that dose. That's that, our goal. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And so this technology enables that correct. much more so than um, legacy technology. Correct. Got it. So. What I find interesting about this is, um, Ken, your role as I, I, the, the, yes. the, what, what jumped out to me in the show notes as I was <laughs> preparing for this show is medical physicist. What is that? Right? Yeah. What is a medical <laughs> physicist? What's your, what's your role in applying this technology? And, and I found over the years trying to explain this to family members and so on. Mm-hmm. The easiest way to understand it is I'm like a radiation pharmacist. Okay. I can fill radiation prescriptions. Dr. McLaughlin writes the prescriptions, and I can fill them. Mm-hmm. He, he's not trained to fill them, and I'm not trained to write them. Yeah, got it. And okay. so to do that for a device like this CyberKnife, it's, it's, a, it's a full-on German KUKA welding robot with a linear accelerator on the end of it. And so it can move in four, in four pi geometry. It can move all around in point. Oh, really? Other, other legacy cannot do that. So and, is the patient order, standing? No, the patient's lying on a normal, okay. normal treatment, like, okay. like, like a CAT scan or something. They're lying okay. on, on a comfortable table. Got it. But this machine, like you said, it, it can it can image real time all the time. Keep, uh-huh. It builds a model of the patient's body. Uh-huh. The robot knows where the body is. It knows if it's moving, and then the robot moves with it. Wow. To keep that, keep that beam locked on the target, not on the other stuff. Mm, interesting. And, and so in order to be able to quality control that and QA that, it requires a whole different battery of tests and devices. You should see the litany of things. We have a whole cabinet of stuff All right. <laughs> to do that. And so that's what I do. There's not enough time in the day for him to do what he does and me to do what I do in one person. Right. We mentioned this before we came on the air. Um, I mean, Mark, your background is, is how, how you were educated as a radiation oncologist. I think people generally understand what that's all about, you know, in the, old days that was x-rays only right? right yeah yeah and people got i think people get that um the the medical physicist part talk about your background yeah, um medical physicists yeah they come from two different sources of, of uh, i guess undergraduate training we, we yeah. have about the same amount of time in school as a medical school does yeah to get the phd it takes right. about as much time as it takes to get the md yeah sometimes longer uh-huh uh, and your bs degree needs to be preparing you for that so normally people with a bachelor's degree in physics or nuclear engineering, radiation engineering, something like that. So you have to have a lot of quantum physics, <laughs> radiation, high in, high in math as a math major. You have a lot of math and a lot of physics. Yeah. And you prepare like a, like a STEM student, like a, and then you, that lets you into the medical physics program. You go for the, go for the PhDs. The MD is four years. PhD is about four years mm. on top of your bachelor's degree. Got it. And then they do a residency for five years. We do a residency for three years. And then we take a oral and a written board. They take an oral and a written board from the same board, American Board of Radiology. We're all board certified by the same. Interesting. Group. So yeah, it's it's most people don't even realize it's baked into the codes that you get for radiotherapy, for insurance to pay for, and for medical care to pay for. And it's just it's just baked into it because it's required. You have to have a you have to have it there to tr- deliver that service. Yeah, it's interesting to to have the two of you here together because. Um, we're talking about a whole lot of education and a whole lot yeah. of, of, of expertise 
that you've developed over the years uh, together that has to be there to make this technology adequate, right? Yes. Otherwise, it's a big, well, maybe it's not a big dumb machine, but it's a big machine that you really cannot get. If we don't program it right, it doesn't know what to do. It's just right. a machine, right? Right. And it, right. It can also be dangerous. If you don't program, yeah. Right? You got to program it. Yeah. It's critical that we are, the accuracy is critical. We're talking millimeters. Right. A, millimeters or miles. I mean, a millimeter or two is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. This machine can distinguish sub-millimeter accuracy. It can treat a nerve, a single nerve in the ear. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it does. No. <laughs> I believe you, but I'm, I'm just sitting here with my mouth open. That's amazing. Yeah, some yeah. people get this ringing in the ear. It's called yeah. tinnitus, or is that how you say it? Yeah, I think yeah. That's how you say it. Uh-huh. Um, uh, you're treating a trigeminal nerve. You're treating a single nerve. Uh-huh. This machine can see can hit that nerve and not the rest of the ear or the rest of the brain. Interesting. And that, no, other machine, no other machine that makes radiation electronically this way can do that. Mm. It's that precise. So it... You, yeah, a millimeter is a, is a is a, a problem if you don't within a millimeter. Yeah, this is so accurate. This machine is so accurate. Right, because again, like um, Mark, you were talking about earlier, you can if you if you get just the sub millimeters wrong, you can get the wrong dosage to the wrong tissue, right? And 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 create more problems than you were had to begin with, I suppose, right? Yeah. Yeah. Potentially, yes. Yeah. Potentially, yeah. Okay. So, what 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 types of cancers are we talking about? Are there uh, um, that are most appropriate for this kind of technology? Well, you know, it all started in the brain because the brain is such a critical structure, mm-hmm. and a lot of brain tumors are very close to critical areas, nerves that control the eyes, nerve that controls facial function are just, you know, portions of the brain that are very critical to daily living. Mm-hmm. This technology can really minimize the radiation dose of those areas while maximizes the areas that we need treatment. Mm-hmm. But in essence, we treat all areas of the body. We'll treat head and neck cancers. We treat lung cancers. Lung cancers are very uh, special in reference to normally the standard is to operate on these patients. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, some of the patients are so far debilitated because of their smoking history or other medical issues that a surgical procedure for early stage lung cancer may not be a reasonable option. Mm-hmm. Um, before technology like this, when we would radiate lung cancer, early stage lung cancers, we were treating so much normal lung that the complications related to the actual radiation treatment wasn't worthwhile for the actual benefit we were providing. And some of those Mm. patients, we weren't even radiating. Right. With this type of technology, we can real-time mimic the motion of the lung. So as the lung moves, the patient moves, and the lung cancer is always moving in real time, the radiation machine moves in relationship to that. Mm. So by doing this, we can do the treatment usually five days, so one week instead of weeks, and instead, instead of treating normal lung, we can really minimize normal lung to the best of our ability while maximize it to the tumor volume, getting very good results and very limited complications. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've treated pancreatic tumors. Uh, we've treated um, you know, prostate cancer and actually cancers which have spread to lymph nodes and bony areas. We've treated those areas also with this type of treatment. So when you, when you say... Um it 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 moves to toward whatever 
um, area needs to be treated. What is that? What does that mean? I mean, it, it does that mean as you start treatments that um, tumor moves or what? T- tell say more about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, tumors are not static. You right. might take an X-ray or image and it shows that one dimension at one time, Mm -hmm. but tumors always moving, Mm -hmm. especially like tumors that are in movable structures like the lung. Right. As you breathe, the tumors moving in real time, Mm -hmm. tumors will also move as the patient moves. And these treatments, you know, take time. They don't take, you know, 10 seconds. They take time. And so as the patient moves, the tumor moves. So what this machine does is in real time is imaging the tumor in real time. Mm. So as the tumor moves because of structures moving like in the lung or if the patient moves, right. the tumor, basically the radiation fields adjust to mimic or to basically follow the movement of the tumor. So we can basically treat a much smaller volume, not taking into account of the, the motion. Basically the machine takes into account of the motion. Got it. So someone doesn't have to remain perfectly still for as long as the treatment needs to be applied. And that's impossible. Which, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's impossible right. for to do. So they're not perfectly still, they're moving. And the machine moves, the machine moves in relationship to the tumor. Got it. And um, so I know different cancers are different answers to this question, but how long, what what kind of time are we, what's the, what's the time frame in a, a typical treatment takes and what's the length not the number of treatments i'm I'm, again i know that varies but it it depends on the you know sometimes it could be as short as 15 minutes sometimes as long as 30 to 45 minutes it just Mm -hmm. depends on the situation got it the treatments can last in one treatment um sometimes in five treatments and sometimes for a very complex or very large tumor could last as long as six weeks but our goal is really to minimize as much dose and as much time constraints for the patient as possible. And that's compared to what? I mean, you know, in, in the uh, in earlier technologies, what, what, what's that compared to in, in terms of length, number of treatments and length of time? In the earlier technologies, we were treating as long as six to eight weeks for many situations. Mm-hmm. This allows, in some circumstances, to treat as quick as one to five days. Wow. So it's a lot quicker. That's amazing. There's still a subset of patients that need this long treatment course because they have very advanced tumors or tumors which have spread or something. So Mm -hmm. there's not every patient we can treat in one to five days, but we try to do as many patients as possible in that quick fractionation schedule. So you're able to treat a lot more individuals than you then uh you're you were able to before really is what that amounts to right i mean you've got a lot more there's a lot more i mean i realize the can the cancer center is brand new but um if if the cancer center was there before this technology existed you would be able to treat a lot more than you would have had before right i mean is that what we're talking about here it's probably if compared to a center like our center at Kennestone, where you have both technologies, right? It, it depends on the situation. It's roughly the same, I would I'd imagine. Okay, okay, okay. So it's 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 really getting. Um, um, it sounds like this is, technology is not surplanting earlier technologies as much as it's augmenting. Augmenting, right? Yeah. Okay. Got it. Uh, that. That's helpful. So, um, 
I guess the point is if you're a cancer patient and you don't get prescribed cyber knife technology treatment, that does not mean that you're getting substandard care. What it means is you're, 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 um, whatever, whatever your condition is, 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 can be handled by that technology. Correct. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm curious, um, as we can just talk up a little bit about like what happens when someone comes into this, a patient comes into this experience, you know, yeah, what, the what, first, the what, first thing, what happens? Well, the, you, you were asking a question earlier and I think um, it helps maybe to get a visual since you've never seen this process before. Right. The, the, we have to build a mathematical model of the patient's body that this robot can understand. That's how it knows where to go. Mm-hmm. And you do that by doing a, what's called a simulation scan. You simulate the body with a, with a CT, a CAT scan. Right. So we have our own dedicated CAT scanner. We call it the simulator, but it's really a CT machine fixed up with the same kind of couch and same kind of lasers and stuff as we have in the machine. Mm-hmm. And that model lets us then build the plan on top of it so that when that patient goes and lies on the, in the actual treatment room, it has a couple of fiducial marks that tell it, oh, this is the same, oh, this is Mr. Jones. Oh, okay. I've got his. Oh, I, the robot now knows which paths to go through, which paths are planned for it, and it knows exactly where to go with that submillimeter accuracy. Wow! And so the the process is you start off with the simulation scan. We give us about a f- four or five days to make a plan from that, mm-hmm. and that's something that the robot can understand. And then yeah. we QA the plan, and then it's ready to deliver. He does an initial start. We have three this afternoon. Initial starts this afternoon. We still have some plans to go back and do when we get done with this. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, uh, and then there, we do the first treatment and if it's a five fraction, they'll, they'll be a skip a day and then that second treatment and so on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's what, that's what the process is. If it's five, five fractions, they come five times. If it's 25, they come 25 times. Got it. Got it. And it's really, it's just for them, the patient, once they get over the, the, the oddness of being in this environment, they just they just have to come in and be ready and lie down and get work with a the therapist to get set up on the table the same way mm-hmm. and the machine just takes it from there. It, once it sees yours, once it takes the first set of images, it knows who you are. It readjusts everything to find you again, to find your tumor again. So really, where where your expertise is really most important is on the front end. It's on the front end and yep. during the process of QA, okay. something came up, came up. And QA and, and stands quality, for what? Quality assurance of okay. the machine. And there's there's protocols that we learn in school. Mm-hmm. To do that, and there's a there's a generally accepted practices that you have to follow. Mm-hmm. There's guidelines, tons and tons of guidelines. I'm sure, and uh, we we follow those for this machine. This machine has its set of guidelines, and other machines have their set of guidelines. So, folks, Doctor M- Mark McLaughlin, uh, he's a radi- radiation oncologist. Doctor Kenneth Brooks, a medical physicist, are both with us from Wellstar North Fulton Cancer Center. Um, so, the um, let's talk about patient, um, experience and outcomes. I mean, we've talked a little bit about how that the whole, um, treatment itself the process works. Yeah, yeah. How the process works. Um, right. um, but in terms of an experience, this sounds like something that's, uh, a whole lot. Once this is set up, it's a whole lot easier for the patient and, oh, and, yeah. and certainly less time consuming, as you mentioned, Mark, than it was before. One of the big keys is treating less dose, less fractions. Right. right. Really, the key is not trying to minimize the need for the patient to come back 
daily. Yeah. And uh, instead of doing it for six, seven weeks to try to try to do it, you know, many times, hopefully in a week. Right. But, you know, maybe two, three weeks if needed, you know, if need be. Sure. Try to minimize their need to come back as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when they're there, shorten the time. We, we, we take a lot of pain to make the treatment time as short as possible mm-hmm. to give them the best dose plan. Got it. We're, we're planning in three dimensions their dose, and we want it to be the dose that they need. And then we then we optimize on time, try to get it short as short as possible for them. And then I guess those doses change over time, right? I mean, as you can as you treat. No, we, we, when you write a prescription like like a, a typical amount, he has a curative dose. I mean, he can speak to that. That's what he does. Yeah, he, yeah. He, I mean, but as as that as as there changes in that tumor, do the doses levels change over time? They can. We can yeah. we can make uh, we can treat smaller volumes or change mm-hmm. doses Got it. as the treatment adjusts. Right. As the tumor shrinks, we do make adjustments during that. Let's talk about outcomes. Um, because that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. Is patient is patient outcomes, and uh, um, I know when you were here back in August, uh, Mark, you were um, um, pretty high on what was going on at Kennestone and that experience, and what that was going to look like here in North Fulton. Say more about that. Yes, I mean, you know, right now, in terms of you know, our Kennestone is one of the busiest cybernets in the United States. Mm. And when we started our program here at North Fulton, um, and likewise, it's almost to capacity right now. Yeah. Um, in terms of outcomes, I mean, most or every patient that we treat with CyberKnife, we do put on a protocol. That way we can follow the patient, we compare it to a national standard and make any adjustments depending on how well or what side effects they may have. Mm-hmm. In reference to what we've seen on these patients in general, and obviously most of the, since you know, North Fulton's just new, but most of our data is from Kennestone, that the side effects associated with standard radiation versus what we've seen on CyberKnife are much less mm-hmm. with the CyberKnife room. We tend to have much less dose exposure to normal structures. Yeah. In terms of control rates, depending on you know what stage the cancer is, how big the cancer is, the patient's performance status, how, how healthy the patient is, you know, for some early stage lung cancers, we're treating it, we're getting in the 90% range of cure. Oh, wow. Same thing with prostate cancer. Yeah. We're getting very high cure rates for those types of situations. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff we experience, you know, similar to what we've experienced where, you know, if we did operation in, in many of these situations. And in terms of brain tumors, we're having very good results with minimal complications, minimal exposure, and normal structures. You know, in the past, we've experienced, we would radiate a large amount of brain, sometimes even the entire brain. So we're exposing the, you know, a lot of normal brain to radiation, which isn't needed. Mm-hmm. This type of technology, we can actually minimize exposure to normal brain just treating the tumor volume. And that's really one of our big goals with that. And we're seeing that in other, you know, other subsets of our patient population too. Wow. Amazing. Uh uh, technology and uh, act, uh, and outcomes out of that technology. That's amazing. Um, so l- l- let's talk about the the um, I-, I guess the the patient experience at Wellstar generally because th- that's something you're known for. Um, that that um, I mean technology is great, so forth, but there's a people side of how you deal with patients and, um, and that's something Wellstar is known for. Talk about that. And the beauty of the cancer program 
is we work as a team. Our cancer center where our radiation, where our cyber knife is housed, it's on the first floor. And the third floor is our medical oncologist, our medical oncology suite. And our second floor is our surgical oncology suite. Mm-hmm. When you're diagnosed with cancer at Wellstar, we present you or have you come many times to what we call the STAT, or Specialty Teams and Treatment Clinic. In that situation, we discuss your case and we have multiple physicians uh, as well as nurse navigators, social workers, dietitians, geneticists that the patient will see at one setting. Mm. So we will see, for example, lung cancer, and they may see a medical oncologist, a surgeon, a radiation oncologist, a pulmonologist. And we sit at one setting in front of the patient, discuss their case, and examine the patient and determine what the best treatment approach, whether it be surgery, radiation, or a combination of this. Mm. We do that for breast cancer. We do that for head and neck cancer. We have also multiple tumor boards for other subspecialties, other disciplines, where we discuss the case and basically decide what, as a team, what the best option is. Mm-hmm. What we've seen is with the, what that does is, number one, it promotes communication. Everybody's talking about the patient. Number two, it allows the patient to come in with their family member instead of having multiple different uh, appointments over a set amount of time. It's one long appointment. It could be a two- or three-hour appointment because you're seeing multiple doctors. Right. But it's one time. So if their son or daughter comes in, uh, their parents, the patient, their son or daughter comes in, they don't have to take off of work a prolonged period of time. It's Mm -hmm. only one, one setting. We've also seen is when we had the patients go to multiple different appointments, multiple different imaging, saying sometimes it takes as long as you know six to seven weeks to start their cancer treatment. If they come through the STAT clinic where we get the imaging, review the pathology, and see the doctors all in the same day, we can minimize that to roughly 10 days. Mm. So they can be diagnosed and start within 10 days as opposed to diagnose and start within six, seven weeks. Mm. So it gets the patient started much more quicker and we get the best options. There's many patients that come in and call me and they say, I want to have CyberKnife. I've been diagnosed with lung cancer. I've been diagnosed with prostate, whatever it might be. And I'll bring them to these clinics and we realize that maybe CyberKnife is not the best answer. Maybe it's surgery. Maybe it's chemotherapy. Maybe it's a combination. Mm -hmm. So the whole purpose of the STAT clinics is to get these patients started you know, quickly, but also by having this multidisciplinary discussion, get the best option of this patient for our goal is the best outcome. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up that last point. We, we kind of touched on it earlier is that, um, you know, when people hear about new technologies and, you know, they've got, um, a cancer diagnosis, you know, they want obviously the best they can get. And sometimes the latest is not the best for their particular situation. That's correct. And, and that's what you're, that's what you're saying. So you're, you're looking at all the different options and what's the best for their particular situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Great work from Dr. Mark McLaughlin, Dr. Kenneth Brooks. Um, uh, Mark is a radiation oncologist. Ken is a medical physicist. Um, that both are way above my pay grade, <laughs> but they're at Wellstar uh, North Fulton Cancer Center. Thank God they're way above my pay grade. They do great work uh, <laughs> uh, for for a whole lot of people. And uh, uh, wow, that such a, we're just delighted y'all could come in and take the time to come in and and uh, share about your what you do. We're we're excited to 
have this uh, have this uh, uh, center in North Fulton open. And uh, so thank you for what you do. And thank you. Uh, we're glad we could honor that work. So thank you. Before we let both of you go, though, let's get the uh, give uh, directions on how people can find out more. Uh, where they ought to call or what have you. Let's do that. Well, our phone number for our cancer center, phone number 770-410-4526. And our website's wellstar.org, and there's a section for North Fulton Hospital. If you have any questions or concerns, definitely drop us a line. And we have an email. It's northfulton uh, underscore rad rad underscore oncology at wellstar.org. Got it. Where you can email. Yeah, terrific. And and then for my part, for yeah, people, who, people who have a son or a daughter that might want to become medical physicists, it's a really great career option. Not, not a lot of people know about it. Yeah. The best thing to do is go to the the, the American Association of Physicists and Medicine's website, which uh-huh. is aapm.org, and go to aapm.org, and they'll give you all what we do, the disciplines. We, we have radiotherapy specialty. We have nuclear medicine specialty. And we have diagnostic radiology specialty. We have all three. Wow, that's so fascinating. It's, it's very interesting for STEM yeah. students that, that don't want to be an MD, but they want to be in the medical area. Right. It's like a bioengineering with a physics bent towards it. Yeah. It's a very, very good career path for those students that are interested in that. AAPM.org. Well, I've got to say, I've done 600, I don't know, 660 of these shows, and you're my first medical physicist. <laughs> I'll probably be your last. <laughs> well, I hope not. I hope I'll get you back. There aren't, there aren't many others. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hope to have you back. So, uh, exactly. yeah, exactly. yeah. I'll come back and talk about it. Okay, that sounds great. Uh, Dr. Mark McLaughlin, Dr. Kenneth Brooks, no thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder. If you've got some dysfunction in your business that involves administrative tasks, uh, maybe uh, bookkeeping uh, that you need to get uh, shaped up. You've got receipts falling out of a Nike shoebox or something like that. Um, and you really want to, um, get some of these issues off your plate so you can think more about your clients and your prospective clients. Well, I've got an answer for you that involves office angels. Yes. Angels. They have a whole team of professionals that have various expertise and they uh, fly in, get the job done, and they fly out. And they do it on an ongoing or as-needed basis. Um, the chief executive angel at Office Angels is S.E. Escobedo. So if you call S.E. at 770-442-9246, she will diagnose your problem, and she will prescribe, pardon all these puns, she will prescribe the, the best solution for you and the best angel to treat your issues. So, um Give her a call. I can tell you we use uh, her services here at Business Radio X, and she and her team are fantastic. Um, You can also go to officeangels.us to learn more. And a big thank you to our audience. Uh, Again, this is, uh, as I mentioned, show number 660-something. And we are um, so appreciative of your support over the years. We're about to celebrate seven years of this show. And you have shared the show. That's one way you've supported us, sharing the show when you've heard something that maybe a colleague or a friend or someone else needs to hear. So please continue to do that. That's how we get the word out on uh, our great business leaders and community leaders in this market like Dr. McLaughlin, Dr. Brooks. And uh, if you can help us celebrate the work that they do, um, we would appreciate that. And we appreciate, again, your support.
So for my guest, Dr. Mark McLaughlin, Dr. Kenneth Brooks, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.